0: Welcome to the Back Nine Report presented by eDraft.com.
1: Hello and welcome to this week's edition of the Back Nine Report presented by eDraft.com. We go live every Tuesday at 8 p.m. Eastern Time and check in on the world of golf to bring you the latest news, insights, analysis, interviews, recaps, previews. Hey, we cover anything and everything golf. My name is Carlos Torres, and every week I'm alongside my co-host, Fred Alveder. Fred, hi. How are you today? Hey, we are here, Carlos.
0: Uh, Another great weekend of golf. You know what? The 2017 PGA Tour season has 45 events. And after the Honda Classic, 17 have been contested. Thus, the season is one-third completed, and we're still a month away from the Masters. There's been a lot happening thus far this year, and we're going to talk about it on the practice range tonight. In golf news this week, Pat Perez runs off his mouth. Rory returns to Seminole, then Mexico this week. And Ricky Fowler got a very popular win at the Honda Classic. we got a lot of golf to talk about. So let's go, Carlos.
1: Let's go. And you know that Donald Trump is giving the State of the Union, right? Well, we're going to give you the State of the PGA Tour. You don't want to miss that. We have a lot to talk about there. We'll bring you up to date on the practice range. But as usual, every week... We start with the Weekend Backspin, where Fred and I recap the Weekend's action at all Majors Tours. And Fred, you're going to have the one for the PGA Tour, so tell us all about it.
0: Yeah, the tour was in uh, Jupiter, uh, north of Miami there for the Honda Classic. Ricky Fowler broke through for his fourth pga Tour win. Wasn't pretty, but he got her done. It was the first time he has gone on to win after holding a 54-hole lead. He had been 0 for 4 in that category prior to this win on Sunday. On a day when he couldn't find a fairway with his driver, his scrambling and putting got it done. He struggled to a two-over par on the front nine on Sunday after finding just two fairways. He made an ugly double bogey at number six after driving into the water, and a wayward drive led another at the ninth. His ball striking improved when he made the turn, and some clutch putting helped. He made some putts on the back side. The four-shot lead he held after 54 holes shrunk to one shot, but putts that found the cup on numbers 12 and 13, and a five-iron from 182 yards at three feet at the 16th for birdie made the difference and left him back with that comfortable four-stroke win. A former teammate of rookies at Oklahoma State finished tied for runner-up with Kansas native Gary Woodland. Johnny Vegas, with uh, tied for four, tied for runner-up with Kansas native Gary Woodland. And Johnny Vegas had another great week with a hole-in-one at 15 and a new car. Plus, a fourth-pace finish for Billy Horschel, Chad Collins, Martin Timer, and your guy Tyrell Hatton from Europe. And you know who else was tied in that group? My guy, Wesley Bryan. I'm telling you, Carlos, Wesley Bryan keeps putting himself in contention. He's going to accidentally win one of these things sooner than later. Ricky got some... uh, you know criticism from Johnny Miller online or on the on the telecast. One of the more interesting highlights of the Honda Classic was the fact that a few players took exception to Johnny Miller's on-air comments about Fowler's struggles on Sunday. Johnny was not thrilled with Ricky's hitting it all over the lot and making long putts to save his pars. Several pros took to Twitter to defend Ricky's win, and Ricky himself addressed Miller's comments simply, "I started with a four-shot lead." I still won by four. I didn't play great. It wasn't a pretty round, but we got the job done. A win's a win. The fact that Fowler had not been able to close the deal on four previous occasions when he held the 54-hole lead, and the fact that Ricky did struggle all day on Sunday instigated Miller's comments. They were factual, and many golf fans aren't thrilled with Miller's truth above all else but the controversy is what NBC is paying him for. Carlos, now with Ricky Fowler winning this week, he, along with Jordan Spieth, Dustin Johnson, Justin Thomas, Hideki Machiami, and John Rahm have qualified for the tournament of champions in January. That should be a pretty good way to kick off the 2018 year. It you know should the news, be Honda...
2: In
1: other news, Yeah. I'm sorry. Yeah. Well, I'm sorry. Go, I'm no, sorry. go ahead. No. No, go ahead. Go ahead. I, was just, no, I thought you had I was finished. just going to close...
0: I was just going to close by saying that uh, Honda uh, likes uh, the uh, uh, PGA National Golf Course so well, that they've signed on for five more years. You know, for much of its history, the Honda Classic struggled to find an identity among the other high-profile events in Florida Swing, but with the addition a few years ago of the Jack Nicholas Foundation as the main beneficiary, the tournament has blossomed into one of the premier events. It has been so popular that tournament officials just signed the new five-year agreement to continue holding the tournament at PGA National Club. With the WGC Cadillac moving to Mexico, the Honda Classic is the only event left in southeastern Florida, and the area desperately needs the event to stay in the North Miami area, Carlos.
1: Um, uh, like you said about uh, Fowler, John Ram, Jordan Spieth, and Justin Thomas being uh, in the Tournament of Champions... That was one thing that, that Ricky Fowler said. He said that he, he guess he can already plan for Hawaii next year uh, and that there's going to be less pressure and less stress. But at 28 years old, he considers himself one of the older members, if you can say that, of the PGA Tour's most recent youth movement. Of the 15 events held this season, contrary to last year, that, that, that was switched back to the 30-somethings and older, 11 have been won by players on their 20s and 28 has been right now the average of the winners on tour so far this season Uh, And also you mentioned my guy England's Terrell Hatton He was playing in the final group there with Fowler and he proved his class. He finished in the tie for fourth He's up up to 17th on the official World Golf Rankings And he now has three top four finishes in his last four starts around the world he is in Fuego, and Hatton is one of six players now from the GB and NI, not GB and NI, GB and NI in the top 20 on the official world golf rankings. The other are uh, Roy McElroy, Justin Rose, Danny Willett, Paul Casey, and Russell Knox. They can play. <laughs> if you make a team from them, they can play against anybody, and they, they would win most of them. But let's pass now to the European tour where Darren Fichard of South Africa, he claimed victory in the Weather and Joe Open and secured one of the three places that were available for this summer's Open Championship at Royal Birkdale. Fichard he posted a third and final round score of 68 to finish one clear of Welshman Stuart Manley and Paul Waring of England at Royal Johannesburg and Kensington Golf Club in South Africa. Fischard, he secured a fifth European tour title and together with Manley and Waring, he has earned a place in the field for the Open Championship this July. The tournament was reduced to 54 holes after Thunder and Lightning had disrupted play on Saturday. There was a further delay on Sunday morning before the leaders were able to begin their third rounds. But Fichard started his third round tied for the lead with Waring, and he started well with birdies at the first six and eight holds. Then Fichard's countryman Jack Krušević had climbed to the top of the board, but Fichard joined him there with a further gain at the 12th. When Krucevic double bogey the 14th and Fichard was left alone on the top. The lead was down to one after Waring and Monley pick up birdies and the the three were there tied after Fichard dropped a stroke at the 17th. But the 41 year old he kept his cool though and birdied the final hole to finish 15 on 15 the par, one clear of the two Brits. Another British player, James Morrison, was playing very well, finished tied for fourth with South Africans Jack Khrushchevich and Brandon Stone. Uh, This was the fifth European tour title for the 41-year-old Dan Fichard, and his first since the Africa Open of 2013. His best result so far this year leading into the event was a tie for 26th at the South African Open. Uh, So now... Like I mentioned, Fichard, Manley, and Waring all earned places in the Open Championship. Uh, the final chance to make it to the Open through the Open qualifying series comes at the Mizuno Open in Japan. That will be May 25th to the 28th. Also, South African George koezia he fired an excellent round final of 65. It included eight birdies and an eagle. That was the great win. <laughs> round of the week. He ended the week in a tie for seventh and was left ruled to a disappointing second uh, round of 72 and I'm going to finish by saying this I have to report this because uh it really caught my eye and it has caught the eye of social media all over the place and it's Jack O'Vanzeel he caused quite a storm on social media during the first round of the Jobo Open and not because of any ridiculous shots or any odd behavior Fans were intrigued, and I don't know if you saw this right, by his putter. That's because it was barely, barely larger than the ball. Some amateurs may even manage an air shot if they use it. That small it is. The putter is a Cleveland Smart Square stubby, which was originally brought out in 2014 as a training tool. The company say it was designed to positively influence the putting stroke and the mental approach to striking the ball accurately and consistently, and to build a stroke for beginners and reinforce a good one for experienced players. It seemed to work well for that 14-time Sunshine Tour winner, who shot one on their par in his opening round on the Royal Johannesburg and Kensington uh, East course. To put it in the back for a tournament shows either that he's lacking in confidence on the greens, or that his putting stroke is absolutely perfect because anything but a perfect stroke would surely end up looking quite silly with that thing. He may have made the change after what happened at the recent Qatar Masters, where in a sudden death playoff with Joe Wong Wan and Joachim Lagerian, he was the only man to hit the par 5 18 in two, but three putted to hand the title to Wang, who then made a birdie it really incorporates the same black and white square graphics that we've seen with the Cleveland Smart Square Putter. Fred, I am not sure if you have seen it before, but how do you think you would get on with this Smart Square study?
0: Yeah, I know what you're talking about. I didn't see them using it, uh, but I know exactly what you're talking about. I've seen them. Um, yeah, you know, every year or when I practice putting, um, I try and make sure I just Try and make a square strike. Um, I, I see the line, you know, I, I, I feel the the, the the distance, but then I just try to make a hit the ball squarely on the center of the putter. And so you know what I mean. That that's it forces you to do that because if you miss it, you're going to miss the whole thing. I mean. You know, with those things, you could hit the ball almost like dead right or dead left. You know, yep. it's it's like a pool pool cue kind of thing. You can put spin on it and everything. So, yeah, I've not used one, but I I know exactly what you're talking about. Hey, um, the uh, women played in Thailand this week. Amy Yang held off So Young Ru on the final day of the Honda LPGA Thailand to win the event for the second time. In the last three seasons and was her third career victory. Heavy rainstorms during the second round on Friday forced a marathon golf scenario for many players to battle through, along with warm temperatures and humid playing conditions on Saturday. Yang was forced to play 31 holes and finish up her remaining holes early Sunday morning. None of that phased Yang, as she carded 10 birdies, an eagle, and only one bogey over a second and partial third rounds on Saturday, taking a four-shot overnight lead. She returned early Sunday morning and birdied the 17th to gain one more shot on the field as she closed out the third round. With four rounds of 66, 67, 67, 68, she finished at 22 under par, a new tournament record, and collected 240,000 for the win, which put her over... Seven million dollars in career earnings. With Yang winning, Koreans captured four of the top five spots. With So Young Liu runner-up, Se so Young Kim third, and Inji Chung, Chung tied for fourth. Defending champion Lexi Thompson finished in that same fourth place tie, along with another American woman, Danielle Kang. As eight Americans finished in the top 20, Austin Ernst, Brittany Lynchcombe, Bush she's having a great start to the year, Stacey Lewis, Jessica Corda, Angela Stanford, and Christy and Christy Kerr rounded up the top American contingent. Lydia Ko got her first top ten of the season, finished tied eighth. Playing in a home game, the Jutanagon sisters performed well. Maria and Aria both finished in the top ten. Maria was solo seventh, and Aria was one more back for T-eight. Indy Park made her first start in Thailand this year since capturing the gold at the 2016 Rio Grande, last August. She finished tied for 25th at five under par. A little rust on the clubs. Yeah, I feel pretty good, Park said. That's really the most important thing, I guess. I'm ready to play now. Yeah, it's all good. Four rounds, been pretty similar. Ball striking was pretty good. Just around the greens, wasn't really getting the feel yet. And the putting was a little bit disappointing this week. Obviously, I'm just going to try to stay patient. And, yeah, it's going to drop at some point. Park will be it up again this week at the HSBC Champions in Singapore where the LPGA Tour moves this week, Carlos.
1: Oh, yes. I'm, I am waiting to see how she did because even though they were, this was her actually her first official completed start, and well, first official start on the LPGA, she tried on the your silk Bahamas, but she didn't actually finish it. So this one was completed and she played pretty even. I saw her like with that 72, 71, 71, 69 going like at her own pace. She said that she just needs more reps and get the timing back and hey, five under, that's not bad to, to get started being that. But one other thing that I would like to mention is that I, I am seeing something positive from the American women. I see a lot of American flags on the top 20. I counted eight of them out of the top 20, that's good to know because last year it was really, really a down year. I mean, Lexi Thompson and Daniel Kang was a T4, uh, Austin Ernest was a T8. Ben Lincecum, like you mentioned, and Stacey Lewis there and Jessica Corda, T-14, and Angela Stamford, and Christy Kerr, T-18. So it's great to see that happening, that the American women are playing well again, especially when it's Allheim copy year. Hey, with that, we'll wrap up our weekend backswing. We're going to take our first short break, and when we come back, we're going to have the Part 5 News, so don't go away. We'll be right back.
0: Thank you for listening.
1: We'll be right back. In the meantime, don't forget to visit www.edraft.com for analysis, breaking news, and more. Also, remember to follow us on Twitter
0: at edraftsports and on Facebook at facebook.com backslash edraftsports.
1: Now, back to the show. And we're back, and now it's time for the Part 5 News. And, Fred, as usual, you take the tee shot. And this week, it's about the return. Tell us all about it. Yeah, um, Rory McIlroy is finally set to return to the
0: PGA Tour this week at the WGC Mexico Championship, which has taken the place of the WGC Cadillac that had been held at Trump Doral. 2017 has been marred by injuries and sicknesses that have made top players withdraw or not show up at all for PGA Tour events. Tiger's return has come completely to a screeching halt. Rory's injured ribs have kept him off the tour for several weeks, plus former number one Jason Day has been forced to take more time away due to illness. Rory was forced to take a six-week sabbatical after his rib problems were diagnosed, but will finally start playing this week. On Monday and Tuesday, he played in the Seminole Pro Member Tournament with his father and then flew to Mexico for the WGC Mexico, which has replaced, as I mentioned, the uh, Trump Dural. As everyone knows, Rory will be seeking the final jewel in his personal career Grand Slam at the Masters in a few weeks. However, he's be rusty from taking that six weeks off. With the type of rib injury that he had, he was required to abstain from any golf movement for several weeks before he could even begin to rehab. He did play around with President Trump last week and was soundly ripped for that on Twitter. Several other professionals came to his aid and said they would always accept an invitation to play with the sitting president. He is, in fact, the leader of the nation and should be respected as such. As a matter of fact, 89% of tour pros would gladly accept that invitation. It's hard to get 90% of the PGA pros to agree on anything, so that was pretty astounding uh, number right there. Rory commented in reply to his detractors, I don't agree with everything my friends and family say or do, but I still play golf with them. Last week I was invited to play golf with the President of the United States. Whether you respect the person who holds that position or not, you respect the office that he holds. This wasn't an endorsement nor a political statement of any kind. It was quite simply a round of golf. Golf was our common ground, nothing else. I've traveled all over the world and have been fortunate enough to befriend people from many different countries, beliefs, and cultures. To be called a racist, I'm sorry, to be called a fascist and a bigot by some people because I spent time in someone's company is just ridiculous. I hope to some degree this clarifies my decision to accept the invitation that was extended to me Thanks to everyone, for your continued support, and I look forward to making my comeback in Mexico next week. Carlos, I, I could go off. I'm telling you, this could lead me in a whole other direction of political nature here, but I'm, I'm going to refrain. We've tried to keep the politics out of this show, so if you don't know how hard it is for me to hold back on this. I will say, real briefly, that some people... Should not be allowed to make comments on social media. They just are idiots. Okay. Hold that it, being hold said, it. Ah, anyway. that's that's it. That's okay. all I'm gonna go. That's all. Okay. Okay. Rory, also,
1: I'm sorry. No, okay, okay. I, I was just <laughs> warning you. I didn't want it to mute you. So okay. Hold on. I could go
0: off on a rant here that would just I take know. the rest of the show. I'm telling I you, I could just go off. <laughs> but I'm holding it back. Rory also announced that he is adding the Travelers to his schedule the week after the U.S. Open will be contested at Aaron Hills in Wisconsin. PGA Tour players are required to play once every four years at events they don't normally play in, and Rory is taking the opportunity to get in some needed PGA Tour play. So, Carlos, that's a lot of news about Rory McIlroy. Good to see him back. I'm going to talk more about him later when we talk on the practice range about players to watch and, and uh, things like that. But uh, really happy. I hope really uh, Rory gets back in shape. And he's got three or four tournaments, uh, probably a couple of good tournaments here to play before he gets to the Masters. So, you know, he I, I, we need him in the mix there with, with some of the guys we're talk we're going to talk about for the uh for the masters.
1: Most definitely. And uh, one quote there that I like was that you know, I I might not agree with some of the things that my friends or family do. I still go play golf with them. That's what people should just Focus on, but let's leave it there. Anyway, uh, let's talk about uh, ESPN's Bob Herrick, who reported that the Open will consider paying price money in U.S. dollars for the first time this year because of the weakening of the pound in the wake of last year's Brexit vote, which saw the United Kingdom decide to leave the European
0: Union. Can you imagine the discussion in the R&A office in Great Britain when they're talking about using the U.S. dollar as the standard of, of of monetary payment rather than the sterling pound, can you imagine that conversation in that great historic hall and those stuffy old English and Scottish guys? Can you imagine
1: that? I just wish I would have been a fly on the wall because I wanted to know <laughs> who who suggested it. Who was the one that can I raise my hand, please? Can I comment something <laughs> May I think that we should, please don't don't take it out of me, we, we should use the dollar from the U.S. I don't know how, what the backlash was it then or something, but I, I wish I could have known who was because we don't know. We just say no that... Uh, Martin Slumbers, who's the chief executive of the r when he was talking to reporters following the announcement that Royal St. George in Sandwich, England uh, had been awarded the 2020 Open, he said that it was it hasn't escaped his attention that the exchange rate has put the Open at a disadvantage compared to the other three majors. So at Wednesday's uh, exchange rate uh, last week, the purse for last year's Open, at Royal Troon was 6.5 million pounds, which was worth just over $8 million. The Masters, the U.S. Open and PGA Championship, all had purses of $10 million. And the U.S. Open has announced it will be $12 million this year. So it's definitely in a disadvantage, to say the least. But that is just a pebble compared to the fact that the RNA has itself what those of us in the United States like to call a bit of a situation. It was recently announced that the Open Championship, like I said, would return to Virgil St. George in 2020 following stops at Royal Berkdale this year, Kern-Hussey next year, and Royal Portrush in two years. Then in 2021, it is all but guaranteed that the Open will go to St. Andrews, of course, for the 150th anniversary of the tournament. Then... Well, um, R&A CEO Martin Slumbers doesn't want to think about what is happening after that. (laughs) It's a bit bit of a sticky
0: wicket, old man.
1: Yeah, Yeah, here's the problem. Turnberry (laughs) is a likely candidate for another Open. It had hosted four. Most recently in 2009 when Stuart Singh defeated Tom Watson in the playoffs. Normally, the courses in the Open rotation go around a decade before grabbing another major, the issue for slumbers. <laughs> it is now owned by United States President Donald Trump, and he says that they've had sitting presidents attend the open, but never one that host this one. And he says this is uh, this is uncharted territory for us, so uh, please bear with us. But to pile on this, Trump has done significantly seemingly terrific job of re-signing Turnberry and keeping its major championships bona fides. It will be interesting to see which way the RNA goes with this. Many in Europe have distanced themselves from Trump and his views, including it was thought the uh, the RNA, but Turnberry is Turnberry, and it has been battle-tested for majors. Plus, and this is the important thing here, Trump is no longer just some Wild guy with some wild ideas running for office. He's actually the president of the United States. What might make it easier on the RNA is that Trump has no shot as hosting as a sitting president unless he gets reelected. We don't know about that, but hey, he could be. There would be much less attention paid if Trump had already moved beyond the Oval Office but that 2022 Open is certainly a long way, but the RNA is clearly already thinking ahead about what it wants to do. So, Fred, the great news for them, and I say this sarcastically, is that no matter what they will decide, somebody's going to get upset about
0: it. Yeah, I'm going to talk some more about Trump a little bit later. Um, you know, The U.S. Women's Open schedule for trump bedminster, and there's a petition going around, but I- I just don't get all this stuff. I, you know, I, I just don't get it. I don't know why uh, Scotland or Great Britain uh, is making a big deal about Trump owning Turnberry and worrying about playing an open championship. Every, every report that we've seen, every person that I know that I have read that has gone there and played and reported on it, said it is fantastic. From Colin Montgomery down to golf writers to other professional golfers, Everything that I've read says that Turnberry is absolutely outstanding and Trump has done a marvelous job uh, fixing it up. Um, so I just don't know what the problem is. I don't know why they're even discussing it. When they got things like Muirfield where they don't, you know, they've got gender issues and, and on some of these other things they've got problems with. You know, and you, you, you struck on a good point. I'm going to follow up on that uh, talking here about the USGA, but the Open Champions has a real problem there. When they're only paying eight million, and the U.S. Open's paying paying twelve, that is a discrepancy. That's thirty percent more. That's um, that is not good. They got they got to get something done with that. So, Carlos, um, you know the old saying, "Where there's money, there's fire," or well, something like that. I don't know. Do you remember? Do you remember trickle down economics, uh, Ronald Reagan, and all that good stuff? Well. PGA Tour players are beginning to believe that everyone in golf is getting rich off of their hard work, and they're not happy about it. Their healthy cash flow is slowing to a trickle, and they don't like it one bit. Now, let's everyone have a pity party for the lowly PGA Tour pro. Uh, last year, the 125th man on the FedEx Cup ranking, Retief Goosen, made a pitiful 745,000 in prize money. A record 107 tour pros made at least a million dollars. Dustin Johnson, who topped the money list, made $9.36 And all of this does not include the endorsement deals, which will double or quadruple a player's annual income. Yes, the money is good for the players on the PGA Tour, but the problem is, the money they are getting is a lower percentage of the total piece of the pie than they are used to getting. In the case of the U.S. Open and the Fox contract for $1.1 billion over 10 years, the USGA has raised the total purse for the 2017 U.S. Open to $12 million, which is the highest now in golf. Remember when the players of the PGA made a big deal about going to $10 million a couple of years ago? But here's the thing, under the old USGA TV deal with NBC, the USGA received thirty seven million. The purse was ten million, so uh, you know a little a little over thirty percent. The pros now, with a hundred with, with, with USGA getting a hundred mil annually from Fox, the purse is less than twelve percent of that amount so. They've gone down by fifty percent and they're not happy about it. The players are noticing I, I didn't even know golfers could knew how to do math. I you know, I I don't I didn't even know they took math in school. Well the players aren't you know, I if they can you know, they all they need to do is count up to like three or four on a scorecard and they have trouble doing that sometimes. Um I do anyhow. Well the players are beginning to wonder if purse sizes should be raised across the board. My opinion, Carlos, you know, yeah, the percentage may be going down, but they're, you know what? I think that they may want to be happy with what they're getting. These new TV deals are all being heedily negotiated right now. We've covered that. We've talked about it. With new Internet TV op- options and various alternatives to network broadcast and declining viewership numbers, the new TV deals may not resemble the last ones and that would mean a sizable pay cut in future purse sizes. Carlos, we've been, these we've been following these discussions about the TV negotiations and the options. You know, evidently the players want to have a say how much is divvied up among all the parties when it comes down. But, you know, there may not be as much to divvy up in the future as there is right now. So maybe they got a point. Maybe they need to get it while they can get it. Getting's good. But... Um, I understand what they are saying. The percentage is as high. The purses are going up. Maybe they should be going up faster. Don't know. But, um, you know, the USGA thing and their big contract with Fox, that really shook up the golf world for sure.
1: Yeah, I, I just think they're shooting for too much. You know, uh, the purses are rising. Uh, they're getting a, a, a big share right now. Um, I don't know. I mean, I still think... Like you said, I don't think and I don't see a huge deal from the TV coming up. That, that TV is going to be very different in 2020, three years from now. I mean, next year, I'm, I'm going to bet you this, uh, because I keep seeing and we have been talking about it, the cord cutters and all that. Uh, even at where I work, I, I, I only have like two people that have cable. And all of the rest Have been cutting And cutting the cord You know Is that right It's Yeah it is It is I got I got surprised Really when I When I started uh, Because I started In this new job In December But as I have been Talking about um, The local uh, Cable here And uh, How good is it Or or anything like that I see More and more people Really talking about No I'm not going to pay All that for the cable I just see Two or three Uh actually networks and that's all I want to see you know and they don't need to pay for the rest and what I see is more and more the networks are going to be having their own uh, offerings alone outside of any other conglomerate that's the way I see it and right now you can just people really are not unless it's a sporting event or something that they really really need to see live they really don't care about the series. They can see it next day, the next week. They'll just see it because right now they're being offer, offered even for free many of the of the of the network. So if I were them, like you say, I would just stay like I am, silent, and they, let me stick with what I am and see if they can continue to op the purses somehow. But no, man, I, I think they're just asking for too much right now. Hey, let's talk about the former number one in the world, Jason Day. Oh, man, he's sick again. And let me tell you, this is not a scheduled piece, because even though he's often ill, he announced that he would miss the WGC Mexico Championship with the flu and a double-ear infection. He cited flu-like symptoms, as well as a variety of other illnesses and injuries over the past few years. He had vertigo at the 2015 U.S. Open, pulled out of the 2016 Tour Championship with a back injury, and has often said in front of big tournaments that he is struggling with a variety of maladies. The World Golf Championship to be held in Mexico City this week for the first time and featuring the highest altitude for a PGA Tour event, and let me tell you, they really don't know what is high. Do you think mile high in Denver is high? They've never been, apparently, to Mexico City, so... This is really high. I mean, the the air is thin. And the, this event was poised to have all of the top 50 world, golfers in the world. They, right now, is number two in the world. He lost his top ranking uh, to Dustin Johnson when he won last week at Riviera. They says the ear infections and flu had kept him from preparing properly. The Aussie follow up with a statement expressing his regret at not being able to participate in the tournament, which reads, and I tell you, I'm truly disappointed to announce that I won't be able to play in this week's World Golf Championship Mexico. I have a double ear infection and in the flu, which precludes me from preparing for and playing in the tournament. I have heard great things about the Mexico Championship and the golf course. I want to thank the Salinas family for their support of the event. I look forward to teeing it up there next year. End of quote. This will be the first World Golf Championships event at the 29, that the 29-year-old Australian has missed since the Cadillac Championship at Doral three years ago. He was coping back then with a thumb injury. They have struggled so far this year in three full-field events, starting with the Farmers Insurance Open. They has a T5 at the AT&T Pebble Pro Beach, Pro Beach Pro-Am, Sandwiched in between a at Torrey Pines and a T64 at the Genesis Open, he also lost his number one ranking at last uh, last week's as Dustin Johnson seized the top spot with a victory at Riviera. This illness news means one of golf's biggest stars will be out of the week. One of the of the other stars is making the refusal return, like he already said. Rory McIlroy is planning to compete in the WGC Mexico Championship, his first tournament back since a stress fracture in one of his ribs, forcing him to take time off as that injury healed. This is really unfortunate because that WGC was supposed to include all 50 of the top 50 world's, uh, golfers in the world. Uh, there's no cod, and every player in the field will make money no matter what he shoots. It is unclear if Day's latest illness will affect his future schedule beyond next week. The world number two committed earlier this week uh, to the Arnold Palmer Invitational to be played March 16th to the 19th. They're the defender and champion there. And he also has the following week's WGC Dell Technologies match play and the Players' Championship in May 11th to 14th as uh, upcoming titles to defend. So Fred is really bad to see. I mean, they, his potential, we see him when he is well. He we have seen him. He's the world number one. Uh, I just wish him a front recovery so we can see him back on top of his game.
0: Yeah, I'm going to talk about him a little bit more uh, in the practice range, Carlos, so I'm going to hold any comments for that. Uh, but, uh, yeah, he just he seems to have a lot of problems, a lot of issues. Hey, Pat Perez. If Pat Perez says that it must be true, he says that <laughs> Tiger can't beat anybody, Okay. <laughs> And I'm gonna I've just put this in the category of boys will be boys. You know, this is just the kind of thing we need to keep the PGA tour interesting. You know, it could become just like the WWE. Let's get ready to rumble. Let the trash talking begin and make a big show for the cameras and the microphones. Well, Pat stirred up some controversy on the PGA tour last week. And he's never been shy when it comes to a camera. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, let's bring him out of the corners. You know, he's never been shy when he's around a camera or a microphone. Last week in an interview on Sirius Radio, the topic of Tiger came up in a conversation. And, of course, Perez, who has competed against Tiger since their junior days growing up in California, has ripped the media for its coverage of the 14-time major champion. He said he understands that Woods moves the needle, but... Given the current state of the 41-year-old, he knows he can't beat anybody. He's got this new corporation he started, so he has to keep his name relevant to keep the, corpor- the corporation going. So he's going to show up for a few events. He's going to try and play. He's, not, he's going to sh- show the monster bag. He's going to show the tailor-made driver. He's going to get on TV. He's got the Nike clothes. He's got to keep that stuff relevant. But the bottom line is he knows he can't beat anybody. He knows it. He shot 77. That guy can't shoot 77. What does he do the next day? Oh, my back's gone. He knows he can't beat anybody. Perez doubled down on a statement saying that if Woods doesn't play in the Masters, his season is likely over. Personally, I don't think you'll see him again this year, Perez said. The guy can't show up to an interview. ESPN.com talked with Perez the following day, and he did back off his diatribe slightly and made it clear he's not rooting against the 14-time major champion. It's our radio show, Perez said of the SiriusXM show. We're just two guys talking about stuff we always talk about. I had an opinion on Tiger, and I said, no one wants to see Tiger come back, compete in Wigan more than me. I was the one saying that none of these guys out here today can hold a candle to what Tiger has done or still does. But we're talking about when is Tiger going to play again. I don't know. If the guy can't do a press conference, how is he going to play golf? I'm getting killed by all these people, but I'm a Tiger fan. He wants to see him back playing again. I just don't know when that would be. Now, I know of how fuzzy Zeller felt, but I, I was praising Woods, and I'm still getting killed by all these people. For opinion I had on the radio show, ah, uh, Carlos, the things we must do to keep golf interesting. It's just a daytime soap opera every week on to keep the media and the golf fans happy. You know, <laughs> Pat, you should know that anyone that rips Tiger is going to get killed on the backswing. Tiger's press people and the golf media depends on Tiger. To sell newspapers, magazines—they're always going to blow it up larger than it should be, and they're going to jump on the guy on the messenger. They're, you know, you're going to get the guy. So, I, I think he needs a lesson in uh, in PR management. Maybe I don't know. Maybe we need to get him a good PR guy. <laughs> mhm.
1: There you go. That is what we have. It's on. It's on. But hey, <laughs> I think we have somebody that's calling into the show. So let's bring him in. Uh, let's see. All right. Hello. Who's who's uh, who's on the line? What's going on? Who's here? This is, uh,
2: this is Ryan. Ryan. Hey, Ryan. What's going What's on? Just talking. Go Hello on.
1: Ryan. Yes. What what would you no, like I'm... to to talk about?
2: Well, I'm calling you guys about eight miles from the Augusta National gates. I live in Augusta, Georgia, and uh, I just t- just tuning in and uh, first time listener. And, oh, um, welcome! Just seeing, Thank you. Seeing, yeah, yeah, you guys you guys been doing a great job. I I caught the tail end of the tiger, and um, you know, I agree with everything you were saying. Um, it's it's going to be tough for him to make a comeback, and um, you know, I, and and it could happen. I mean, you look at Fred Couples, um, who, who battled back injuries in, in the, you know, the later prime of his career and, um, you know, he's, he's competed and obviously he's done well in the senior tour, but I, I, I don't see Tiger, you know, touching Jack's uh major record, but, um, you know, then again, he can't show up for a press conference and, um. You know his his game is 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 obviously not where where it was, and you know that's obviously by default because of his back. But anyways, um, switching gears a little bit, I want I want to talk about the Masters, if that's okay. Sure, sure, sure. Um, sure. Let's go for it. I, I just I just want to know um, who, who's your, who's y'all's dark horse. I mean, who who do you see? You
1: know, who could who <laughs> could just
2: come out of the woodwork and just just just. Just take it over that no one's really talking about right now.
1: Go ahead, Fred. We're
0: yeah, we're going to you talk about the masters here in just a little bit. But I'll I'll tell you what uh, these young guys uh, they have no fear, Ryan. And uh, somebody like a Justin Thomas, who's won three times this year, uh, some of these other young guys. You know, you got a Hudson Swafford. You got some of these guys that played down there in Alabama and Georgia. You know, Patrick Reed is a guy that, that could win there if he gets on that week. Um, and, but then you also gotta go back to the guys like Bubba and and the top guys that uh just seem to love DJ. the place. Yeah. Yep. But then you got but then you got a guy uh that I'm gonna talk about here later, um, that eyes light up and he gets a lot more intense when he pulls in a the driveway there, uh that old guy Phil Mickelson and he's been low laying pretty low this year. Hasn't done much, but uh, it's getting about his time of year. You know, let's he let, may he may uh, come to life a little bit. What do you think?
2: No, I, I mean I I agree. I mean Phil Phil's always played well in Augusta, and um, you know you could never you can never count him out. And uh, you know I really haven't I really haven't followed him much this year, and maybe it's because he's been quiet. You know, there really hasn't been much publicity around him but um you know you can
1: that that's strange you, right Ryan? that's strange for him it, to it, be quiet it, yeah <laughs> it, it is yeah usually he's running
2: his mouth talking about gambling and you know and but you know it, it, it's 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 kind of a weird year you know like you said with the, with the a lot of young guys stepping up and um winning tournaments you know what what about this um, this Mackenzie Hughes, y'all followed yeah. a bunch of, of him. Yeah. Yeah. yeah,
1: Canadian. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Yep. yeah yep. Absolutely. Oh, he, he's good. I, I'm gonna tell you a couple of names <laughs> as well, uh, and those coming from from Europe that maybe are not not that known, but they're playing really well. Uh, I, I'm gonna throw out uh, Thomas Peters. Uh, he, you already know what he did there in the Olympics, and he's really coming to his own. He just got a great tournament at the AT&T. Uh, Alex Norin has been tearing it up there in the in the European Tour, and Tyrell Hatton, who's had four top fives worldwide is another young guy that's really coming up and that's uh, one to to keep an eye on. And like Fred said, we're going to be talking a little bit about the, the Masters a little bit later on. So we hope that you stay on and, and listen to what we're going to say because we're going to be talking uh, in our next segment, which is the practice range. We're going to be talking about what we have seen already on the PGA Tour and what to expect coming up, and one of that would be the – the the master. So, yeah, those are some of the the names uh, to answer your questions uh, about who we think would be some of those names that are not being talked so much about, but that we think uh, should be some names to we look at. Anything sure. else you yeah. would like to, to talk before we we have to now move on to to our next segment?
2: No, no, absolutely not. I appreciate you guys uh, taking my call, and I'll I'll stay plugged in here and listen to what you guys have to say. Hey, thank you very Ryan. much, Ryan. Yeah, thank you all. Y'all have a good evening. I'll be down. I'll be down there in a few weeks. Yeah, man. Please do and, and enjoy this yourselves. It. And um, you know, you I don't know if you Nash got my number. <laughs> if you got my number, text me or something. You know, if you're in the area, I'll give you some pointers and whatnot. I'm Born and raised here. Um, been here my whole
1: life uh, in Augusta. Fantastic. So, but Fantastic. Looking forward to
2: having you, man. Y'all, y'all enjoy
1: yourselves. All right, we'll see you, man. Thank you very much, Ryan. Bye, have you. a good one. Thank you. Yes, sir. You too. Thanks. All righty. There you have it. That was one of our listeners, Ryan, there from Atlanta, from the Masters. I near there, (laughs) from Augusta, Georgia. So we thank him for for being with us. Uh, Fred, anything else you would like to add before we go to the practice range and then we start talking about the state of the PGA Tour?
0: No, I just want to mention real quick, uh, Carlos. So I always forget it. Um, Back Nine Report TV is on Roku. We talk about internet uh, options for TV, and if you have access to Roku R-O-K-U, okay uh, download Back Nine Report TV with the number nine in there. Um, I'm going to record a new show this week. It'll probably be up on the uh, up on the channel next week. Um, and um, just uh, you know, like our show, it kind of has a little different. Uh, take on the news and views and some other ideas on golf that maybe you don't get from other places
1: that's how it is let's take a short break and when we come back we have what you've been waiting for the practice range don't go away we'll be right back
0: Thank you for listening to the Back 9 report presented by eDraft.com. We'll be right back. Don't forget to check out our co hosts on Twitter by clicking
1: their names in the episode description. Now, back to the show. And we're back, and now it's time for the practice range where every week Fred and I pick a topic and each of us take our own shots at it. And this week, hey, The president has the state of the union on the back nine report. We have the state of the PGA tour and it's one third out already. And we have to talk about what has happening and what we think is going to go on the rest of the year. And we have compiled 10 questions that we're going to be answering and going through. And the first one, which is so far our biggest surprise and our biggest disappointment. I'm going to tell you one thing, Fred, to me, The biggest surprise right now, you should talk about him not too long ago, is Pat Perez. I mean, Pat Perez, last year, he spent much of the year out of golf because uh, after he had uh, shoulder surgery, he played only 11 events, missing the cut in eight and his best finish was a T-41 at the AT&T Pebble, pro, pro, Pebble Beach pro I'm sorry. He didn't play from late February at the Onda Classic until he returned late October at the CMIB Classic for this season, but whatever they did to that shoulder, I might do it to me because that might have been keeping the 40-year-old from achieving his best season. He earned his first win since 2009 at the 2016 OHL Classic at Mayacoa there in Mexico and became the first player also since Harrison Fraser in the 2011 St. Jude Classic to win a PGA Tour event while playing on a medical extension, okay? Uh, He, this year, has played nine times. He has made the cut eight. He has one win, one third place, four top 10 finishes, five top 25s, and he had one withdrawal uh, that was at the Waste Management Phoenix Open, but he has been on a tear this year. Whatever Fred they did to him, it's incredible on that shoulder. He's playing well, uh, his best year so far. Uh, my biggest disappointments, I'm going to be quick on them. Uh, Jason Day, but I, can, I have to understand, you know, he's been limited by injuries. Only four tournaments. We already I already talked about him. Uh, I just wish that he could be back soon to his top, to his best uh, form. Uh Boba Watson. Renta, he's only played four events, but given the fact that he had won two of the last three PGA Tour events at Riviera Country Club, and the one year ago came after he was passing a kidney stone, I thought Boba might seem to be able to just wheel his way through pretty much anything. Of course he cannot control so many things, including the weather or not. The weather wants to rain on his parade, right? This the forecast <laughs> for the rain was set ahead of the tournament and he said that he hates playing in the rain, never seems to play well on it. Uh and then he well there he had only two holes to go remaining in his second round and at eight over he was not going to make a cut. So he withdrew, he gave no reason for it which is allowed under the PGA Tour regulations if a player leaves mid-round, but there seems to be more than meets the eye. I mean, he's starting to make a lot of excuses. Look at his record, and he's got so many things going outside of golf right now that I just think his focus is not in his playing career as it should be. And the last guy that I would mention as a disappointment would be Bryson DeChambeau, even though I didn't have him as high as many other people on my list for this year, I still thought he would perform much better than what he has done. And I think he's also somebody else that's having more problems in his mind rather than his physical abilities. I think he garnered so much attention and a lot of expectation he has for not being able to handle it properly. He was called out last week by Grayson Murray for withdrawing from the Genesis Open on a Sponsor's Invite, and this week brought another issue for him, and this one involved the USGA. Fred, like you reported here before, he created his own putter, which the USGA ruled as non-conforming earlier this year. But he also implemented a side saddle putting stance that he claimed, once he perfected, would be like cheating. Apparently, all of this didn't sit well with the USGA, and according to Golf Digest. Chambo told a media member after his fourth cut in five stars that he had a long conversation with the USGA. And You know, those are pretty strong words from a guy who's in his rookie season on tour and hasn't had exactly a spectacular, spectacular season. So strong, in fact, that DeChambeau apologized for the remarks this Sunday morning on his Twitter account. But Fred, he's having issues, and this is not the way or the start that he was... Seemingly looking for to a promising career.
0: Yeah, you can't be missing four out of five cuts. That's just not going to get it. Um, and you only have to, you really only have to play good for about two weeks of the year uh, to make a lot of money on tour. So you know he's got a lot of time yet. Uh, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna worry about Bryson DeChambeau just yet. But he is not having a good start to the year for sure. You know, biggest surprise, uh, Carlos, uh, you know, Hideki Matsuyama, I know you've been on him for a couple years. You've been following him and talking about him on the show. And then Justin Thomas, uh, they've been the biggest surprises for me. Yeah, we have known that both of these young men could be stars on the PGA Tour, but both broke out with multiple wins early this year. Um, That was just amazing to me. I mean, Thomas just dominated in, in Hawaii. I mean, it was just it was unbelievable. And, you know, one in Malaysia, um, he is just, uh, he's been on fire. And Then Matsuyama has been nearly unbeatable on a worldwide stage since last fall. So it's, you know, it just grabbed everyone's attention. Um, They've put them, themselves right smack in the middle of every conversation on who's a favorite, uh, who's your top name's, Who's your top picks at the majors? So, um, I don't know if that's too much pressure on the young guys, but uh, they are playing at a very high level. Big surprise for me. Biggest disappointment, of course, uh, Tiger and his poor health. You know, is Pat Perez correct in saying Tiger's only out there trying to keep his Tiger 2.0 relevant and paying the rent? Yeah, I'm sure that's part of it. You know, but, Carlos, we've documented before um, Tiger is a 41 year old guy with a 65 year old body. Um, you know his legs, his knees are not good. Um, you know he's got he's had three back surgeries. So you know all the stuff that he did to his body to get fit, and all the all the exercising. You know all the the physical uh, stuff that he went through, plus maybe some other stuff that uh, we can't document. But, uh, um, you know, it's really disappointing to me that Tiger ends his career like this. Um, It's just basically going to be done, probably. It's just going to be over. And, you know, with golfers, you're expecting to see and play, you know, into the 40s and maybe even play a couple years on the senior tour. And I just don't think we're going to be able to get that out of Tiger.
1: It's really a big disappointment for me, Carlos. I have to agree on that. uh, But, at the end of the day, we have seen him so far until I see him back playing well and great. That's why I wasn't expecting that much from him. So uh, that's why I didn't consider him a disappointment. And, of course, you know, I was already high on Matsuyama for three years, so it was a surprise. But <laughs> <laughs> I expected. But anyway, I knew he
0: was going to do that. I knew he was going to do that. You know,
1: we have ten, ten, 10 questions to answer, and I think that I'm going to mention him like in nine of them. So we'll, we'll, see. we'll see. I'm not done. Uh, exactly, going to the second one, which is which has been the most exciting of the best events so far. What do you think I'm going to say? I mean, the Waste Management Phoenix Open. Like you said, Hideki, he's has been nearly unstoppable. After what he had a rough two weeks by his standards, which was a T-27 and a T a 30, T-33, I'm sorry, uh, the Japanese sensation at the moment earned his fifth win in his last nine starts. He also successfully, with that, defended his title. Uh, and just like the year before, he did so in a four-hole playoff. He almost, uh, in, if you might remember, in 2016, he did it against Ricky Fowler, uh, epic, epic. This time, the win came over Webb Simpson, who, you know, played an incredible, incredible final round. And like Matsuyama started the final round four shots back, but made a playoff at 17 under after a closing five under, survived the three winning birdie misses from Simpson to came away with the victory. He also had one stop at the lip on the 18. He could have won it in regulation. Uh, but worth uh, mentioning is that Webb Simpson had one on the on the third one so far as well on the playoff. But Matsuyama sealed the win in style on the fourth playoff hole with a 10-foot birdie, but uh, what a way to win. It was uh, mind-blowing. It was really tense. Oh, and by the way, that was Matsuyama's fourth PGA Tour victory. And the dude still just 24 years old. He already has the most PGA Tour wins of a Japanese play ever. Again, he's just 24. Fred, I knew Matsuyama was insanely talented, but he keeps proving week and week. And again, how amazing he really is.
0: Yeah. Um,
1: you know, I saw him
0: live for the first time over here at the Firestone in the uh, WG Brid- Bridgestone uh, two or three years ago. And it amazed me at uh, how big he was. I mean, he's a big, strong kid. Um, he hit a shot. Off the back of a bunker, um, I was just amazed. Um, you know, he's he's a heck of a player. You know, my most exciting, best event. Uh, you know, Carlos, I do enjoy watching the events from Hawaii wide open season, just because I can dream of visiting there someday. <laughs> I, I like I like the A T and T Pebble at Pebble Beach because I you know I love the history associated with with those events, I, and I like Riviera but I just can't get overly excited about any of them. Uh, they're For me, they're kind of like the appetizer uh, before the main course uh, with, of the Masters that's coming up. You know, for me, Carlos, uh, the Masters is the best and the most exciting, all rolled up in one. I, I watch nearly every minute of it. Uh, and I normally get to stroll around the Hallow Grounds on Wednesday prior to the start of the event. Uh, for me, it starts with the Masters. It ends with the Masters. U.S. Open's pretty cool. The British Open's great. PGA uh, Championship is fourth on the list. The players ain't bad. But the Masters, uh, for me, it's always the most exciting. Everything else uh, just kind of leads up to that.
1: that. That's for the whole year, but so far. Which had been the most exciting and best? Year. I mean, I agree with you. The Masters is there's nothing like the Masters. Uh, I mean, that's the best one, and everybody's waiting for it, and that's the expectation to see it. That's like the Super Bowl in golf. But so far, which has been the the one for the for the year so far, that one that you have enjoyed the most?
0: I guess uh, I'm not a big uh, I, I'm not a big Waste Management Phoenix Open guy. Um, it's great to see that tournament once a year. The, all the hoopla around number 16, I'm kind of old school, you know that. So I'm not really a big fan of that. It's it's kind of fun once a year and all that good stuff. But um, the way Hideki did win that, um, that that was pretty cool. That that was probably you were probably right. That was the most exciting so far this year.
1: Okay, now we talk about Hideki Matsuyama and Justin Thomas, and you mentioned that they have been your two biggest. Surprises so far So now the question would be Will Hideki or Justin win their first Major this year Well the ones that haven't been following The show know that I already predicted That Hideki will win the Masters I don't think Justin is going To win a major yet I just think he has Been having a great year I mean Three wins uh, a T5 And a T8 but then He's like going to falling off the radar. Two cuts and three, in three tournaments, a T-39 sandwich between them. Uh, and and I'm talking about Justin Thomas, and you all know that I was pushing for him to win the Ryder Cup. But I just don't see him yet winning a, a major. I think that he will be there in the future, but I don't see him yet. But I think that Hideki's prime, especially for the Masters, to go and win it, he has put all the preparation he's putting it to win the Masters, and he's done so well so far. I think that he will win his first major, and it will be at the Masters.
0: Well, you and I are in agreement for the fact that Hideki will probably win a major before Justin Thomas. Um, but I still think it's a little bit too early for either one of them just yet. Uh, I think Hideki will win Probably more than one major, um, but I just don't think he quite has the total mental package to do it just yet. To finish out on the back nine of a major, that that takes some serious serious mental strength. When you guys, when you got guys like Jordan Spieth, Dustin Johnson, Jason Day, Rory, uh, Henrik Stenson, Adam Scott, these guys have all been there. They've all done it, and they're not going anywhere. They're going to be there. Uh, At Augusta, uh, you know, here in a couple weeks. And then, you know, I, I really like Patrick Reed. And, you know, yeah, Patrick Reed hasn't won a major, but he's from Georgia. You know, he played golf in Georgia. He knows the golf course. And he's performed on the biggest stage in the Ryder Cup. So, you know, it's just like performing pretty much at a major. So, um, and I, I just, you know, I don't think it's either one of those, Hideki or Justin Thomas are going to win a major this year. I just don't think they're quite ready. But I do think is a little bit farther along in his career and will win a major before Justin Thomas.
1: So I ask you then, let's talk about Jordan Spieth. You know, is he, he has had a sensational year. I mean, not as by the standards of two years ago. But, hey, he started the Hero World Challenge at T6, then uh, the Tournament of Champions at T3, solo third at the Sony Open, T9 at the Waste Management Phoenix Open. He won the AT&T Beach Pro-Am by a route. And then at T22, his worst <laughs> uh, finish so far at the Genesis Open two weeks ago. But uh, does this signal that he's finally tracking from another major win? Uh, we talked about him Reporting that he uh, got inspiration from Tom Brady last week, uh, as he won the. We reported last week that he got inspiration from Tom Brady winning the Super Bowl, and he's been playing excellent. Do you think he's tracking for another major win? Yes.
0: <laughs> that's it. Yes, that's it. That I. I you know what. Um, I, I really believe it. Uh, his win at Pebble Beach showed that when he is focused, he just does not need his A game uh, from tee to green. Uh, Augusta demands good iron play and good putting. There's plenty of room to hit it off the tee. That's, that's not an issue there. The issue is the irons into the green where you position your, your iron shot and then the putting. And just who's probably the best right now on tour Well, the best long putter, best putter is Jordan Spieth, without question, okay? And he probably, you know, Sergio maybe is still a little bit ahead of him with iron play, but Jordan Spieth is definitely in the top five. So you put a guy like Spieth, who's a great iron player and a great putter, on Augusta, over 72 holes, he has the advantage. And just like Tiger, he can win just with his short game and less than his best overall game. So um, I think you could just give him the jacket right now, Carlos. I, I, I really think it's Jordan
1: Spieth to lose. No, no, no. I think he's in track to win it, but I don't think he's going to win that one. I, I I think he'll be in the top ten, maybe top five, but no. But we'll, we'll talk about that as we do our preview with the Masters uh, in a couple of weeks. But no, I don't think that he's yet going to win that one again. Hey, somebody that would love to have a, a green jacket—that was Henrik Stenson. Will we hear from him again? I mean, in my my opinion, Henrik is always, always a second half of the year player, uh, and we know that he has uh, he had his surgery. I know that Pete Cohen uh, was busy this past week at the Honda Classic, but all his work wasn't at the tournament. Cohen who we all know is the popular European swing coach, he made the trip to Lake Nona in Orlando on Thursday to help Henrik get ready for his uh, 2017 PGA Tour debut at this week's WGC Mexico Championship. So Stenson, as you might remember, he finished second at the Omega Dubai Desert Classic two weeks ago, but tied for eighth. At the Abu Dhabi Championship in January In his first European Tour start of the year So he's 40 He's number 4 in the official World Golf rankings But Cowan believes That he has been good enough To be number 1 For a long time now Will we hear from him? I think we will do And again, I think we'll see him uh, Go for it At the second half I just still think he needs more reps I don't think he's ready yet to go and make that charge. How about you? What do you think?
0: Well, you know, Henrik had a great year last year. I mean, phenomenal year, no question about it. Uh, And he has had great years before. And then he kind of takes some time off, and we don't hear from him until he needs some money again. You know, although I do expect he will be a factor, I just don't look for Henrik to win a major this year. Um, I just don't think he has the drive like he had last year to perform. You know, when he, when he fell off the, off the charts, um, what, six, seven years ago, you know, couldn't hit the ball, just, you know, I mean, he, he quit playing because he just couldn't play. I mean, it was awful. Finally, got, Cowan got his confidence back, and he got to playing again, and, playing, and he, had, he played very well. Then he won some money, and he had some financial problems, Um, and and, uh, lost a lot of money and had to make a bunch of money, and and he did. So he played really good. Well, then he took some time off again. I think he got divorced, had some different things. And um, um, so then he comes back and has another great year last year. So uh, I just don't – I think he kind of goes in ways. I just don't see him having a big year this year. Nice year. He's a great player. He's going to have a good year because he's just so much better than everybody else. But I don't see him winning majors, Carlos.
1: I don't see him winning a major, but I think he'll he'll be there like he's been used to uh, this past few years. And, yeah, it was more than 10 years ago that he dropped out of the the, the face of the earth, you can say it. But uh, he's been back. He's been playing well. Uh, Unfortunately, he's been battling injuries and that surgery that he had. But he seems to be getting back on track. I just see him always. It's like you always see him uh, contending at the end of the year for the top prices, So I I would seek for him to be reaching again his peak to defend his title at the Open. Hey, DJ, finally the number one in the world. A lot of years ago we have talked about him, and last week you said he could easily have five majors by now. Do you see him as number one for the long haul?
0: I have to say that Dustin Johnson has fooled me. And uh, given his nonchalant attitude on the golf course and his past penchant for screwing up in the final round, I, I never expected him to become the dominant figure he has become on the PJ Tour. Yes, I always knew he had the talent to be at the top. But I just didn't think he had the mental game to sustain it over a longer period of time and be that successful. You know, he's gone what ten years now with a with a win every year. He's got that. You know, I, I kind of watch this guy because Nicholas always had that. He wanted to get at least one win every year, and he did that for I forget how many years. Uh, and I think uh, Dustin Johnson has the longest streak right now at ten. Um, but I guess you know, Carlos. I, I guess I should have never doubted anyone that could end up with Paulina, right? <laughs>
1: Well, I think that it more than Paulina has been the great one there, uh, keeping him, <laughs> keeping him straight. You do anything, you're gonna, you're gonna, me- you mess with my daughter, you're messing with the great one. So, uh, no, but Dustin definitely seems to getting be getting his his act together. I mean, they're uh, gonna have another kid now. Uh, he's in a great place, and I really see him as uh, maybe not a long haul, but at least for the foreseeable future, I see him as number one because uh, our next question is whether can Jason Day regain the number one, win a Masters or a Major, and I'm going to answer it by answering uh, about DJ. I think that Jason right now, I'm worried about his health. I've been worried about it for years now. He keeps just coming back, playing well and falling off. And uh, I don't see Jason, at least for a moment, returning to number one or winning the Masters or a major this year. I think that uh, he's getting too often ill, and I, I just don't see him regaining that form yet. I hope he does, but uh, I have to be realistic. I, and I'm worried that he's going down the same path that uh, his body, Tiger Woods, with whom he's has been exchanging a lot of information since he – we should help him become the number one in the world. I see him going down that path, at least on the physical side. What do you think? You know,
0: we're almost uh, exactly on the same page here. Um, the short answer to the question, can Jason Day regain number one, win the Masters or a major? The short answer is yes, he can do all those things. The long answer is, will his back and health allow it? He seems to have problems staying healthy. Uh, more than once, illness or injury has limited his ability to play. You know, the vertical at Chambers Bay, you talked about earlier his back issues last year. Now he's got problems with his sinus. You know, if Jason Day is healthy, he has the game and the mental capacity to beat Jordan, Dustin, and Rory and all the other guys. But, uh, you know, that health thing, uh, that's become more and more an issue for more and more of the players on tour.
1: Oh, yeah, that's that's the hard part because he's such a great player, such a great person. Uh, it's hard to watch him go down that path. Now, talking about players to watch, who is your favorite player to watch?
0: You know, I love watching Jordan Spieth and also Rory. Uh, the best for me would be a Spieth-McElroy final every week. Um or for a second choice, how about uh, Patrick Reed, Rory McIlroy, final in a match play in a couple weeks. Have uh, the Ryder Cup uh, part droit. Uh, that, that would be, that'd be outstanding. But I do, I do like to watch Jordan speak. And I like everything about him. I love the way he plays. And I love the flair with which Rory plays. When he gets up on the tee, I just love to watch him swing a driver. Uh, I you know I pull a video sometimes on YouTube and watch and watch Rory swing. I wish I could do that. I have swing envy. <laughs> but uh, it's uh, it's good stuff. Those two guys are really fun to watch. I, I plus they are both great gentlemen. I love the way they uh, they comport themselves. You know Rory's had some issues with throwing some clubs and things. You know, but still they they they, they both do a great back. job. He gets them back. Yeah, I know. Uh, Donald gets them for him. But uh, uh, yeah, I, I I do love I watch I love watching those two guys play.
1: Yeah, to me the most I've always said it the most exciting player and maybe the most talented in the world when he's on is Rory McIlroy. I think that when Rory is on, he's the number one hands down. Uh, it's just those mental things that some sometimes uh, gets him off track. But I, I think he's he's speaking and. Uh, Unfortunately, that injury, that stress fracture in his ribs uh, pulled him down a bit, but uh, he's definitely the most interesting, uh, not the most interesting man in golf. That's Miguel Andel Jimenez. Sorry, Miguel. Sorry, I wasn't going that that, that route. Uh, He's the most talented player in golf. And uh, Like you said, I I remember the Tour Championship last year uh, on that final hole when he hit it exactly into the green, and he, he twirled. He made the twirl of the club like, hey, I got this, man. This is easy to me. Uh, he, he's incredible to watch. And and of course, I have to say, I've been on it. I told you I was going to answer it 9 out of 10. I was going to mention Hideki Matsuyama. <laughs> I mean... He's a complete player, dumb. man. He's a complete player. Sergio's he's home pretty... crying, though. He's, he's my God. I talk to him. I talk to done him. Done he knows. It. He knows there's love for Sergio. He knows it. And Sergio, <laughs> there's love here, you know. But it's Hideki's time. Sergio will talk in the open. Not not yet. In the open, we'll talk about <laughs> it. But no, he uh, and you Rory know, I, are the ones. Right
0: we, now. we should say too, Carlos, that you know, Rory missed some time last year with the soccer injury on his ankle mm-hmm. and now right. he missed time again this year. I mean, he may have a sense of urgency and, he, you know, he's probably fresh, you know, he's chomping at the... He might be ready to go out and just tear it up uh, for a while uh, because he has been off and he realized, you know, I've wasted a lot of time. I need to, to get some of this back. So he could come out just firing uh, you know, on all cylinders.
1: Oh, he could. Most definitely. Hey, how about last year's 2016 major winners. Who do you think will win one this year, if any of them?
0: Well, just a document. Danny Willett won the Masters. DJ Dustin Johnson won the U.S. Open. Henrik Stenson won the Open Championship. Danny Walker won the Players. And I also am going to throw in here Jason Day that won the Players last year. So, if Jason Day is healthy, he and DJ are my favorites for majors along with Spieth, and I hate to say this Carlos but possibly Hideki. possibly. <laughs> but I also but I also think Sergio may just sneak in there.
2: no, no.
0: he no, just no. may sneak in no, you know no. he's been playing really really well the past year and his putting seems to be a strength now which had failed him in the past. You know if he can get through some of those mental scars that he's got banging around up there in his head. Um, you know, the guy's a great player. He really is. He just beats himself sometimes.
1: Sergio, you heard I'm writing it right here today, February 28th. <laughs> I picked the last and Sergio both, Carlos. I no, want that, you to that. I that. am in shock. My two players, <laughs> you have picked them. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness, I, I mean, oh, what can I say now? I mean, I cannot answer this question anymore. I told you I told you, I was going to shock you tonight. I was going to go off script. This one was out shit. of left field, out of the clouds. I, I told you I expected some things from you, but this one, no way. No way. <laughs> but no, I, uh, to me, like Dustin Johnson of the four, like you mentioned, Danny Willett definitely has been a disappointment afterwards, after winning the Masters after I picked him to win it, he, he just fell off the floor. Uh but then uh Dustin Johnson, I, I think that Dustin will win the PGA championship. That's where I think he he will win again. I don't see Jimmy Walker again and Hendrik Stenson, like I mentioned, I don't see I mentioned before, I don't see him winning a major this year. So I think in the short answer, Dustin Johnson is the one of the four major players that won the four players that won majors last year. That will win one this year and to end up the segment We're forgetting about the guy that almost won the open championship last year The vocal one that has been like Ryan mentioned uh, earlier before he has been so quiet I mean ever since he won the the because he was his uh, His committee that made it possible for the Ryder Cup, right? So how about Phil? Well, as I mentioned, Phil's definitely flying
0: under the radar. Uh, the hernia surgery he had in the offseason, uh, you know, kind of slowed him down to the start. He started slow, just had one top 10 in six starts. Uh, he has put together a couple strong scores. He fired a 65 in the third round of the waste management, followed that up with a 71 when everybody else was going low on Sunday, however. He posted another strong 65 at Pebble, the very next week, and was in contention, but then at uh, 77 on Sunday, he fell down the leaderboard like a rock. So sometimes, though, these lesser events fail to get Phil's attention, and he fills with swings and tries shots and, you know, just fill is fill. But the good news here is he appears to be relatively healthy for a 46-year-old guy. And will he be able to focus better and be more consistent in the big events? Well, that's the question. And like I mentioned when we were talking to Ryan, he always gets excited when they turn down the Magnolia Lane into Augusta National. And that always gets his attention and it seems to get his blood going. um, And he always ramps up his game a little bit. So um, the big thing for me with Phil this year is if he could some way, some possible way, win a U.S. Open and complete the Grand Slam, uh, complete, complete the Grand Slam in his career, basically when he's playing against Tiger the whole time and Tiger's winning all those majors, um, that would really, that would elevate Phil to a new level. Uh, I mean, he's, all, he's already one of the top 20, 15 players ever in the game. But if he could complete the Grand Slam with a U.S. Open win after six runners up, uh, that would elevate him to uh, a really elite status, Carlos.
1: Well, last year, if you might remember, he was going well after a change uh, of his swing and all that. He was playing great. He had a great start of the year that, T3 at the career builder. He was that second epic second at the at pebble beach uh, And he was climbing up the, the ladder and everybody thought hey the Masters is gonna be it Then he he had a miscut he missed Scott then the Valero that he had a miscot at the players championship He had a miscot at the US Open and you go like what where is he going and he resurfaced? Uh, there uh, at the open with that second place he was uh, great instrumental there as well in the in the Ryder Cup, but this year he's been like off the radar. I mean, his best has been only the T8 at the beginning of the Safeway Open, then T21, T14, T16, T16 65, and T34. Uh, man, I don't know where he's going. He's lowering his ranks. Uh, he's down to 23rd after being as high as 13 after the Open. So I don't know where he's going right now, where his game is. I It's the first time in years that I can say I don't know what to expect from him. I, I have to accept, yes, he gets excited at the majors, so I guess we're going to have to wait until the Masters to see what he can bring. But I, I just see him going, going southways. I, I hate to say it, but I just, I'm pessimistic about his, his future right now on the PGA Tour. Well, with that, we'll wrap up our practice range. Let's talk now about our final pots. And I'm going to go right away because we have four minutes to go. And Carl Phillips, or Koala Carl, as he's known, he has been the true definition of a prodigy from the beginning. The kind often proclaimed as the next Tiger Woods. You might remember as a 6-year-old, he turned heads when he drove the ball more than 150 yards. By age 7, he had traveled to America and won a U.S. Kids World Championship by three shots. He claimed victory in that event once more and then won the Callaway Juniors Worlds twice. By the time he was 12, Phillips already had accepted the scholarship to attend a golf academy in the United States. He's now 15, and his mechanics are an amalgamation of Roy McIlroy's confident hip turn and Jason Day's meticulous short game. He has established a resume to back up those comparisons. He plays to a Gaudi plus 4.3 handicap, was the youngest to qualify for last year's U.S. amateur, and he's ranked first nationally among junior players set to graduate high school in 2020. And just two months ago, he broke Tiger Woods record to become the youngest winner of the world-class junior orange bowl tournament. He seems definitely Different from many other phenom kids, kids, and only time will tell how we, he will fare. College are lining up to get him on board, and he will announce soon where he will go. But his road travel has not been a has been a bumpy one, and he had to depend on several people to help in his expensive. His future, his future definitely looks bright as a supernova. And finally, and I must apologize for my mistake when I first saw that I was going to talk about the Virginia Derby. Uh, the frantic thoroughbred horse racing that I fa- fan that I am, I immediately say, is what does the Virginia, the former Virginia Derby, now known as the Commonwealth Derby, uh, since three years ago, have to do with golf?" But well, it turns out that it's Virginia Derby Grimes, the 1998 U.S. Women's Amateur champion of Montgomery, Alabama, will be captaining the 2018 USA Curtis Cup team, the biennial competition team between top female amateur golfers from the U.S. and Great Britain and Ireland. So the 40th match will be contested in June this year at Quaker Ridge Golf Club in Scarsdale. And she knows she should be a great fit. She definitely, Fred, knows about winning. She was a member of the victorious 1998-2000-2016 USA Curtis Cup teams. She owns a 4-0-1 record in foursomes, which is tied, Fred, for the second best in match history.
0: Yeah, you know, I'm just going to wrap mine up here real quick, Carlos. uh tragedy uh tragedy down in New Zealand. Four friends from the United States on a golfing trip were killed when their charter plane crashed in the Melbourne area. Uh, the pilot and all four American men on board uh, were killed. Uh, they were going to go out to King Island to play golf when the plane. Uh, had an injury failure and uh, slammed into the ground. Um the PGA, Paul Levy, the president of the PGA, announced today that uh, shorts may be worn during practice rounds of the PGA of America. Uh, so that's, uh, that's a big deal. I don't think you're going to be seeing that at the Masters at Augusta National, but you can do it now on the PGA. A uh, Women's Group says it has 100,000-plus signatures to move U.S. Women's Open from Trump Bedminster. Um, you can see that on ultraviolet.org uh, or something. Uh, also, TaylorMade is losing so much money; they're losing between 75 million and and 100 million a year. Um, they're not getting a bump from uh, signing Tiger to use their clubs. Uh, Adidas is looking at maybe just giving it away or closing it down. Uh, they don't know what to do with it,
1: Carlos. Hmm. Tiger will buy it at a very special price. With yeah. that, back Niners. That will wrap up another week of the Back Nine Report presented by eDrive.com. Thank you for listening. It's always our pleasure to bring you the latest on the world of golf. Don't forget to join us again next Tuesday at 8 p.m. Eastern time here on Block Talk Radio. Or if you miss it, check it out on iTunes or tune in. And if you haven't done so, follow the show on Twitter. Our ID is at Back Nine Report with the number 9 in the middle. My name is Carlos Torres along with Fred O'Vader. We wish you to be happy, be blessed, and enjoy the great game of golf. Happy golfing, everybody. Good night, everybody.